0: Traditional Chinese medicine is an ancient practice making waves in the modern health era. Addressing mind, body and soul as one unit, TCM aims to connect the human with the being on multiple levels. Health shouldn't be elusive or inaccessible, a notion that this ancient practice adheres to. Our products at Your Tea are merely a stepping stone to this brilliant wellness modality. Hence, we are here to honour and discover the intricacies of revered traditional Chinese medicine. In our podcast, we discuss the Chinese medicine approach and interpretation of health, what it means and how TCM endeavours to achieve it. From endometriosis to digestion, Qi to Shen, PCOS to menopause, eating to movement and mind to soul. welcome to the first episode of tcm honored by your tea we can't wait to do a deep dive into all things chinese medicine but before we do we thought it was important to introduce you to the modality of traditional chinese medicine comprehensively in this episode tcm dr lee smith covers all that chinese medicine is from the energy principles of Qi, shen and jing to the tools a TCM doctor uses to balance the body, such as acupuncture, herbs, and cupping. We cover it all in this episode, providing a solid foundation to the episodes that are to follow. Have you ever wanted to know more about traditional Chinese medicine? Wisdom awaits. Please explain what Chinese medicine is.
1: Chinese medicine is a natural medicine coming from China, and unlike other medicines, Chinese medicine really looks at everything in your life, including the environment, your feelings, your food, and the way you interact with your people and the way you interact with your mind. It is a medicine that will encourage you to find more harmony and balance with your diet, with your friends, and with yourself.
0: Can you please explain what yin and yang is?
1: Yin and yang is a concept that we use to understand relativity, to understand where we position ourselves in the universe or how we position ourselves to something else. So yin and yang can be described as yin as the dark side of the mountain and yang as the bright side of the mountain. But when the sun hits the mountain, there is a whole lot of different uh, actions and consequences of the sun hitting this mountain. So when the heat hits the mountain... More yang qualities happen, so the heat dries out the mountain, the energy lifts, the trees grow, everything is lifting and becoming more energetic. While on the dark side of the mountain, everything is becoming moist and wet and sinking and more condensation, you know, mushrooms can grow. So this yin quality is more sinking, yang quality is more rising, yin quality is more cooling, yang quality is more heating, Yin quality is more moistening, do I say that? And yang quality is drying. That's just the general concept. But what happens is the sun is never still. So the sun is moving constantly around. So that once the light side becomes a dark side and the dark side becomes a light side, we understand that yin and yang is always shifting. So we have to always take it into the context of where it is at that moment. And that's what Chinese medicine does best, is takes in your context for your moment, not anyone else's moment.
0: You explain that so well. Let's talk about the energy principles of Jing, Qi and Shen that make up traditional Chinese medicine. So let's start with Jing.
1: Jing is a popular term that people are becoming to know a bit more and it's our constitution or our bank balance. So there's pre-heaven essence we talk about, which is the inherited energy that we receive from our parents and their genetic line, and then the post-heaven essence is the food and the way we take care of ourselves to kind of preserve that. So if you imagine that we have inherited a lot of money from our parents, and we have a good education, and everything we get, that's like our pre-heaven essence of our gene. But even if we have all those things, if we don't pay attention in school, or if we spend our money on useless things, and we stay up late and don't get our priorities right, we will still damage our jing no matter how much we had. Other people might not be born into having much jing, so they have to work harder, but doesn't mean they can't still be successful.
0: That's a great example. Let's now discuss chi.
1: Chi is a concept that people believe to be a magical essence But really, it is talking about the quality and the transformation of objects, uh, experiences. So, for example, water, you would say, like, what is the qi of water? And you'd say it is soft, it is is smooth, it sinks, it's pliable. So when we talk about qi in Chinese medicine, we're talking about the qi of the organs, like the spleen or the stomach or the kidneys. So if the spleen qi is not working or is weak, it's not doing the transformation job that it should and that means it's not breaking down food or turning that, those sugars into usable resources. Um, so chi is all about how things transform and how, what quality it takes on.
0: And finally let's discuss shen.
1: Shen is our spirit and our spiritual consciousness. Our spirit can be disturbed by when we have arguments. We might be de- develop a restless Shen when we can't relax or calm ourselves down. Um, and when you experience traumatic events, uh, we call this uh, Shen disturbance. So you just don't feel quite right. So all the times we're using herbal formulas or acupuncture to calm the Shen. Uh, in traditional practices of Taoism and older forms of Chinese medicine, We have forms of cultivating our Shen and that's about developing your spiritual awareness and how we partake in the environmental, emotional aspects of our life. So when we experience a stressor, are we just reacting to that or are we being aware that we can only do so many little, limited reactions and just come back to our calm? So developing the Shen in Chinese medicine is about being able to develop your sense of calm and be able to let go and gain a bigger wisdom that everything's changing and impermeable and we don't really have much control. And that's why a lot of Chinese medicine says the Shen or developing the Shen uh, is like following the Tao and the Tao is similar to water. and Water is impermeable. It's just about going with the flow and just surrendering. So a good shen is a shen that can surrender but still move on in the direction it needs to go.
0: Mm. Following on from those energy principles, Chinese doctors utilise numerous tools to diagnose. Let's talk about pulse to begin with.
1: Yes, the pulse is always an interesting uh, diagnosis method that we use in clinic and I always describe it as using braille, like the same way a blind person uses braille, we, we use our fingers to read the pulse. So each finger, our first, second, and third finger, will be on resting on the pulse. And what we feel underneath the pulse can vary quite differently for each person and each finger as well. So when we're feeling the pulse, sometimes it might feel like a guitar string. So this is like a wiry sensation. And this can indicate uh, stagnation or obstruction. Sometimes it can feel like wet spaghetti or even like a thick grub and this is known as dampness, and sometimes it can feel soft or thready, and that can be just a sign of qi deficiency or weakness within the body. There's many different p- pulses, and each finger position normally indicates an organ function, uh, but that's the basics.
0: So interesting. And <laughs> what about tongue diagnosis?
1: Tongue diagnosis is a really great tool to see what's actually happening on the inside, and we normally cross-reference how the tongue and the pulse marry up and we get a really good idea of what's happening on the inside. So our tongue has an organ map which has been now shown to match with the lymph vessels. So if the stomach and spleen lymph is obstructed, it'll show up in the tongue as well in the same area. So the front of the tongue shows the heart, the middle is like the uh, stomach and spleen, and then the back is the kidney and bladder, the sides of the liver and gallbladder. Um, and the lung is just in between the stomach and the heart in the front. So the tongue will give us indication by the coating: is the coating white? Is the coating yellow? Is there no coating? And maybe is the is the tongue got scraped as if someone's got a knife and scraped it off? It's missing the coat completely. And these give us all indications of how is the like the yin and yang are going in the body. But like scientifically, we know now. It's like how how is the bacteria and the microbiome going? How is the organ function? How's the inflammation? Where is the inflammation sitting in the body? So these give all indications on in the tongue.
0: Mm. And let's talk about palpation.
1: Palpation is also a great tool. Uh, we have the alarm points, we call them, on the front of the body, and we can press on those parts of the body to indicate even organs uh, experiencing dysfunction. And normally, the one that's most tender will give us indication on where we need to start with because it's going to be causing trouble for all the other organs. So it's just finding like which part of the string that you need to pull to get the knot to come out and that's generally what we use palpation for just to to clarify like our already diagnosis but just find which is really stuck.
0: Mm. Finally, what questions would you ask in a consult?
1: In a consult, we cover everything. We cover your bowel movements, Uh, are they formed? Are they loose? Uh, How long has it been like that for? We'll go through your period from how long the cycle is, the total cycle length, to how long you're bleeding, and then what the blood quality is like. Is it clotting? Is it bright red or dark red, brown? Are you spotting? Uh, We'll go through every different question to do with the period. And then we're also checking body symptoms like every other woman Sometimes they might get breast, breast distension. Other women, they might get pain. Sometimes they might get a sinking, dragging feeling. All these sensations that you think are irrelevant are very important information for us and give us an indication which organ uh, and what, how your body's functioning. So we check your bowels. We check your menstrual health. We check your fluid metabolism. So when you go into the toilet, when you go into the bathroom, are you waking up at night to go to the toilet? This can be an indication if your kidneys aren't functioning properly or if there's bacteria blocking the kidney pathway. Um, We also check your emotional state, depending on what emotions you're experiencing at the time. If you're in a constant state of anxiety, you know your heart's going to be beating quicker. You might be spending more energy and using more nutrients like magnesium, so we know that we need herbs or a change of diet to support that stress state, because once we experience an emotional state it kind of creates us to be more uh, prone to experiencing that state again because we've lost the nutrition from being in such a, such a loaded state we need to like supplement it otherwise we're easily prone to your anxious again it becomes a negative cycle so we check your emotions we check your history of the disease like when it happened that's always an important key factor because sometimes we just you just don't know. What happened around that time, maybe you lost a loved one and that's the cause of your anxiety. Sometimes people get constipated when they're experiencing strong emotional reactions. So that gives us a good indication where we need to look. Uh, We also just check your diet, like what are you eating exactly and does that match up with your symptoms? So if you're eating lots of sweet food and we see that your tummy's got quite a thick coat, we know that your diet is not being digested as well as it should be and we can suggest things that will bring you more into balance, which will give you more energy and feel better too. We also ask if there's any pain in your body, if there's just any other symptoms that might seem irrelevant like headaches, uh, nausea, um, itchiness on the skin, any skin conditions, they're all gonna give us indication, but we'll be doing a complete thorough investigation Uh, from every aspect of your life to understand who you are and what you're going through in that moment.
0: Sounds very comprehensive. So what tools does a TCM doctor use to balance the body? For example, acupuncture is a common tool. Let's talk about that.
1: Yes, acupuncture is quite common and you see it on popular TV shows um, Mm -hmm. these days. And it's a very harmless and safe uh, tool of treatment. And we use needles that are almost as thin as the hair and they don't feel like doctor's needles. And you experience quite a lot of different sensations when you get acupuncture. Sometimes it can be a dull, heavy sensation. Other times it can be just a light buzzing or tingling. Sometimes you might even get like an electrical uh, shot down the leg. Um, But these are all normal and safe. But these tools help regulate the body's ability to... Uh, create change within the body. So if the digestion's weak and it's not functioning properly, acupuncture is like putting the signal back in the body to say, "Hey, this is the problem. This is where we need to focus, and this is what you need to do."
0: Great. What about herbs as a tool?
1: Herbs are great tools, and especially with the amount of food and lack of uh, herbal foods that we eat these days, a lot of our foods are processed. So herbs are actually a really great way to be in a part of our lives because traditionally we would be having a lot of herbs throughout our diet. And herbs focus on balancing the body. So if the digestion is weak, we might be using herbs to strengthen the spleen and stomach to clear out the microbiome, increase efficiency in the way it digests and clearing out uh, pathogens what we call like dampness. Um, but we also can use herbs to... Um, the adrenal system which is supporting the kidneys in Chinese medicine and this can allow you to feel more calm, it can give you more energy, it can improve your libido. Uh, So the herbal medicine I like to say is giving your body the fuel to make the changes and acupuncture is the the plan. So you need the plan, the groundwork and then you you also
0: need the substance for that to happen. Mm, That's a great way to put it. Let's now discuss cupping, massage, and gua sha as methods.
1: Cupping is also a very popular tool. You'll see the swimmers and the athletes using these 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 days, and we use cupping for not just muscular issues, but you will notice that it is used a lot for muscular issues. You'll see the purple spots, and that's what we use to indicate blood stagnation. Sometimes you'll see pale marks on the body and that will indicate uh, blood deficiency or cold Um, and then sometimes you might even see some moistness or water droplets in the cup and then it can indicate dampness or bacteria overgrowth within the body. Um, So we use cupping as another tool to balance the body. Every tool is just about balancing the body um, and will be used for each specific condition. Cupping is always more used for conditions when there is like a pathogen on the surface of the skin so you just receive like a cold or something like that by cupping it's stimulating the immune system like bringing the energy out to the surface Um, but it's also bringing the blood into that muscle area so it could be either used for muscular issues or for uh, cold and flu symptoms as well the gua sha is very popular now between the ladies for doing facial gua sha and making their faces nice and plump and beautiful. <laughs> it's also used as a way to get rid of sharp and stagnation, which can be uh, kind of like a toxic heat. We talk about it, but it's when the muscles have been bunched up and there's an accumulation of material that can be inflammatory, but it's just stagnant there. So when we're doing gua sha, you might notice people get those big red, purple marks, and that's what we say that's sharp. Um, so you're scraping that out you're clearing out the heat and then you're allowing new blood and new lymph to go into the area and it can process that toxic material out of the system and they'll make you feel like lighter and brighter and help alleviate if you've got any heat symptoms in your body
0: and massage
1: massage uh similar to acupuncture uh, like anyone that does massage will be doing like using the channels in chinese medicine to balance the system but sometimes Massage is really good for people that are very fatigued because the you're receiving energy from the practitioner and it's more manual and more hands-on. Um, so massage is really good for people that are already very weak. It can give them more stimulation, and they massage is also very good uh, for muscular conditions that sometimes the needles. Are very effective at doing but the massage can just give that a bit of extra stretching or on the fascia mm.
0: diet therapy is a huge topic in tcm the food that we eat can help or hinder the body let's discuss this more
1: yes diet therapy is very important and when you understand your constitution you'll see that not everyone can eat the same food um, and get away with it so if you have a person that is anxious And they're having a lot of like stimulating drinks, whether that's caffeine from coffee or energy drinks or tea. I've had people come in and they've been ready to go to the doctors and get their anxiety medication because they just can't deal with their anxiety anymore. And then I ask them what drinks they're drinking and they're having caffeine. And just by stopping the caffeine within a week, they just felt like they were back to a normal person. Um, So it's really important. Sometimes it can just be one cup of coffee or it can just be like one, one chocolate a week or one piece of bread. If, if it's not agreeing with your system, it's going to cause big implications. And that can not be just for that day. It can be for days or weeks. So it's really about understanding your, your pattern, your constitution and your, what your weakness is and then finding the right food that supports you through that.
0: Mm, and we are going to go into um, constitutions and weaknesses in later episodes Qigong, can you please explain what Qigong is?
1: Qigong is a very popular thing you'll see in the movies and you might even see people in the park uh, practicing like Tai Chi. Uh, Qigong is a system that is used in Chinese medicine that is also prescribed very specifically for uh, organ imbalances. So there'll be techniques that might be uh, focus on strengthening digestion. There might be techniques that might focus on calming the nervous system or calming the Shen. So the Qigong is a method of it can be movement. There can be movement techniques like uh, Tai Chi, but there can also be certain sequences of meditations that are called that are also Qigong or Gong techniques. And it's meditation is such a broad term when it comes to Qigong, because one technique might be really good for one person, at like calming their nervous system. Um, but if someone's already deficient, it might make them weaker. Well, another technique, uh, if they're overstimulated and they do that technique that's stimulating, it's going to cause more issues. So Qigong is also very prescribed and very tailored when done right.
0: Well, that covers all of our questions for today. Thank you so much, Lee. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on from a TCM perspective?
1: There's one thing that we forgot to mention, and that is moxibustion. Mm. So if you haven't seen someone with moxibustion, you might have walked past and they've been to the Chinese doctor, you might think this might smell like uh, marijuana, but it's not marijuana. <laughs> it's mugwort, and it has a very strong pungent smell, and we use that a lot uh, to, as a heat therapy tool. So it actually provides infrared heat, um, so, you know, infrared heat saunas are quite popular these days for healing, detox, um, energy improvement, mitochondrial function, function. So, moxibustion is drying the mugwort leaves, and then they're normally rolled into cigars and then they're held over the acupuncture points, sometimes when the needles are in. So, this is providing uh, extra stimulation. And increasing the function of what that acupuncture point is already doing. So if that points to strengthen digestion, by adding Moxa to the area, you're actually going to be getting you know double double the benefits. Um, but moxibustion is also being used as like a way to clear the mind as well. It's got a lot of uh, oils and um, fragrances and chemicals that actually calm the body. So when you're getting a treatment, you're also getting calmed. And it's also very like antifungal, antiseptic. So it's also, they use it for cleansing their houses, cleansing their rooms. So when you're getting a moxibustion treatment, it might seem scary, but it's not. It's actually very safe and it's very calming, it's very nurturing and very healing.
0: Mm, amazing. There's so much to Chinese medicine, it's definitely an incredible modality. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today, Lee. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of TCM Honoured by Your Tea. The views expressed on today's episode are those of the independent authors and commentators and do not constitute medical or pharmaceutical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review and subscribing. If you have any questions, you can reach us on Instagram at Your Tea or by emailing us at hello at your